welcome to the latest episode of the Precision Farming Dealer podcast. I'm Michaela Plockner, Technology Editor at Precision Farming Dealer. New episodes of this series are available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to get an alert when upcoming episodes are released. If you listened to our last episode featuring Seth Crawford, Agco's Senior Vice President and General Manager of Precision Ag and Digital, you may remember him talking about Agco's investment in and partnership with Apex AI, a company developing safety certified software for mobility and autonomous applications. In June, Apex AI announced an expanded partnership with Agco that will allow the OEM to add new capabilities to its autonomous vent Xaver concept vehicle. The row unit robot will incorporate Apex OS, a software development kit that serves as base software for autonomous applications. In this episode of the Precision Farming Dealer podcast, Apex AI co-founder and CEO Jan Becker joins me to talk about the capabilities of Apex OS, Apex AI's partnership with Agco, Jan's deep background in autonomous vehicle applications, and much more. My name is Jan Becker. I'm the CEO and one of the two co-founders of Apex AI. Also, I um, actually since 2010 lecture at Stanford University in the field of autonomous systems, vehicle automation, and driver assistance. Uh, the company is Apex AI. We founded the company almost exactly five years ago in the summer of 2017 to build a robust and reliable base software. So in a sense, a meta operating system for both autonomous uh, applications, but also yeah, mo mobility and vehicle applications overall. So in a nutshell, you could call it an operating system for mobility. How did you get the idea for Apex AI and walk through the company's growth since then? I'll actually go back and, and walk you through my professional life because that then also shows you why we are doing what we are doing and how it actually got started. So after growing up in Germany and in the US, uh, I did a PhD about a little over 20 years ago, PhD work, building up a completely autonomous vehicle. And that was in the late 90s where... Uh, that wasn't even a topic. That was uh, seven years before the DARPA Urban Challenge, which really offset the trend and the revolution to build autonomous vehicles. So that was in the late 90s. And we back then uh, automated endurance testing for Volkswagen, Volkswagen being one of the largest automakers worldwide. It's a passenger car automaker. They they operate a test track on which vehicles are tested in this case uh, about for one month, 24-7, driving on a specially designed test track to go through the entire uh, mechanical life of a vehicle. So it's extremely stressful for the vehicle, equally stressful for the test drivers, and the intention um, was to automate it which we then did in two years. So we built what would today be a level four vehicle. We built an entirely a driverless vehicle, uh, but an overall vehicle technology wasn't as advanced uh, 20 years ago as it is today. Uh, so we first had to actually build a robot to sit on the driver's seat uh, to then, instead of, of a human driver, push the pedals. So the robot had three legs for three pedals as we were uh, driving manual transmission, had an arm for the gear shifter, another arm to turn the steering wheel, and even more arms uh, to operate all the levers um, behind the steering wheel. And that ro robot ended up being more expensive than what the manufacturer, in this case Volkswagen, wanted to spend for the whole vehicle. Then I worked uh, for Bosch a couple of years, Bosch being the largest automotive supplier worldwide. Um, 
in the early 2000s, I developed um, driver assistance systems such as the traffic jam assist, which is very, very similar in functionality to uh, what Tesla Autopilot is today, except we, we developed it 10 years earlier, but then, you know, automotive industry uh, is very slow to adopt uh, new innovation. So it took over 10 years to make that into a product which then launched with Audi in 2015. We also built a left turn assist, which prevents you from making left turns into oncoming traffic, where you as a driver over underestimate the velocity of the oncoming traffic, which then often leads to accidents. In 2006, I, I moved to Stanford University to Palo Alto in California um, to work at Stanford initially for one year, then one year became two years, and now it's over 15 years. And initially I was on the team that I competed in the DARPA Urban Challenge in 2007, which was an event set up by DARPA, the research agency of the Department of Defense, to with the intention of showing that autonomous vehicles can actually be built and, and are possible. It was a series of three events in 2004, 5, and 7. And nobody successfully reached the goal of the first event in 2004. Stanford won the second event in 2005. And Carnegie Mellon won the event in 2007, where we came in, in second. Uh, then um, I started to, to build up teams at Bosch again, at Bosch in the research center in Palo Alto. Um, one team in robotics and one team in autonomous driving. And in robotics, we then came uh, in 2009 across a research company called Villagarage back then, which was founded uh, on Villa Road in a garage, hence the name Villagarage, um, which was really set up by one of the early Google employees, um, which was set up to make progress in autonomous systems and robotics. And they then quickly came to the understanding what the what the R&D community in autonomous systems really needs in order to collaborate better, because you know it's a very hard problem, which is even hard, which is hard to find for uh, hard to solve for for a whole community, but even harder to to solve for an individual. And they concluded what the community needs is really collaboration. And in order to foster and enhance collaboration, they started to build platforms, so common platforms uh, on which then the research community could collaborate upon, one being a robotic hardware platform, so more or less a humanoid robot. Um, uh, and they then met, made 20 of those and gave away 11 for free um, to community members. Um, and the community members included 10 universities and one uh, corporate lab, and that was my lab at Bosch. And then they built up a software platform um, which was which is called ROS, the Robot Operating System, which was is open source and open source under a license which explicitly allows use in commercial products. And the only condition for the recipients of those eleven robots was that all the results they would achieve in the next two years uh, had to be contributed back into ROS, into open source, into the robot operating system. And this is really what jumpstart ROS in 2009-2010. Now, fast forward 12 years later, 2022, um, ROS is really omnipresent in R&D for not just autonomous driving or robotics, but also for drones, for service robotics, for industry industrial robotics, for R&D. It's used in R&D for medical robotics, Internet of Things, mining, uh, construction, and also agriculture and farming, where we see a lot of um, companies 
use ROS for developing autonomous systems prototypes. It, it has a huge user community, so we estimate over a million users, about 200,000 are registered, but since anybody can just download and, and use it for free, there are obviously more unregistered than registered users. Over, over a thousand robots in different vehicles are supported already out of the box. So it's by far the largest R&D community in the robotic space and autonomous system space. Now we then used, uh, we now then being at Bosch, uh, we used ROS for a lot of prototype applications. It actually helped us tremendously to accelerate the speed of prototyping applications. Um, early in my career, and I mentioned that before, um, systems took 10, 12 years from idea to go into a product. And the reason was simply that uh, we, we, then, we as companies often redeveloped uh, everything twice. First, we built a prototype. Then we built a, uh, just to show the functionality, then we built, uh, we, we, we worked on pre-development that also took a couple of years. And then there was a third step, which was then really uh, production development on the, on an embedded platform, which then took another three, four years. And then we came, the result were innovation times of upwards of 10, 12 years from idea to product. Now with Ross, the prototyping phase was accelerated tremendously, which we then saw, saw early, uh, already early on at Bosch. So we, for instance, also built a robotic lawnmower, uh, which we then put into a cons end consumer lawnmower, which we then put in a product. We also built an agricultural R&D robot uh, through a public funded uh, egg project in Europe. Um, as a prototype, which also there accelerated software de development then tremendously. We then also put it into autonomous vehicles prototypes. But we also noticed what doesn't work uh, at the time in ROS, which was really putting it into fast-moving real-time robots where you need highest reliability, highest robustness, and ultimately for certain um, applications also certification. Um, that then led to the second generation of ROS, which has a fundamentally better architecture that came out in 2017. Right around the time, um, both my co-founder and I decided then this is really a market opportunity. We've seen so many companies, um, so hundreds of companies use ROS in R&D, but actually none of those companies um, or, or researchers were able to move their ideas with ROS from a prototype to a product in a safety, a safety critical application. And that then became the business idea for starting Apex AI in 2017, which is we've taken ROS, ROS is omnipresent in R&D, but we've now made it much more reliable. We've hardened it, we made it real time. Um, we did that in throughout 2017, 18 and 19. And then right when the pandemic hit in early 2020, we then actually started functional safety certification, which is a certificate. There, there are numerous different uh, norms that describe how, how you, what you need to do in order to develop functionally safe systems and functional safety is really defined as the, as the avoidance of risk and the reduction of risk. Uh, when it comes to safety critical failures in those applications. So failures that could potentially lead to harm of persons or, or objects. And we then uh, moved through that 
certification specifically for the automotive market in one year. And so now since uh, March 2021, so a little over a year ago, uh, we both as a company and Apex OS as a product, Apex OS being the safety, the fork of ROS2, which is now hardened for safety critical applications. We are both certified to ISO 262-ACLD, which in practice means our customers, car makers, um, truck makers, but also tractor makers or farming equipment makers can now take um, Apex S and build their product on top of it. And such that it's then already certified also for use on public roads. Wow, your involvement with the autonomous and robotics community is so impressive. I, just a couple of questions before we move on to talk about your involved with Apex AI's involvement with AGCO. Um, in the 1990s, when you were writing your PhD, were you thinking about autonomy for farm equipment at that time? In, in, in the 1990s, no, not at all. Um, even though I always had a hunch that uh, the introduction of uh, such um, autonomous systems um, are should actually be uh, much easier in... Yeah, what we would, from an automotive perspective, call niche applications. So applications where the volume is lower. You know, we, we, we in the world make 100 million passenger vehicles a year, about 10 million uh, in the U.S., and also the largest car makers, Volkswagen and Toyota, make about 10 million vehicles a year. Uh, or one robustness issue in those vehicles can have, obviously, much, much more impact than if and when you move to applications with simply smaller volumes, such as trucks or farming. In addition... Um, fields um, or agricultural areas are, are simply easier to navigate. You have typically have open space. You don't have uh, tall buildings, um, block GPS reception or lead to reflections of light and so on. So the farming area is actually a great example of how to how, how much easier it is to build robust and reliable uh, autonomous applications with with the real customer value, customer in this case being the farmer who's be, who's able to um, uh, to work on fields much more efficiently. Um, it's much easier to build uh, applications in those areas than it is to go into the the most difficult to master scenario right away, which is, for instance, driving in in an urban environment. I wanted to publicly recognize here for the first time our 2019 Most Valuable Dealership winner, Crystal Valley Cooperative. I would like to publicly present you for the first time with the 2020 Most Valuable Dealership Award. I'd like to publicly recognize for the first time the 2022 Most Valuable Dealer, Jenner Precision. Thank you. You could be the next dealership we announce as Precision Farming Dealers 2023 Most Valuable Dealership. Now in its 11th year, our annual program recognizes the organization demonstrating the best in sales, service, and support of precision farming technology. Dealers, manufacturers, and others are invited to participate by nominating top precision farming dealers from across North America. Go to precisionfarmingdealer.com slash MVD to nominate a dealer for our 2023 MVD award and help us recognize North America's premier precision farming operation. Now let's get back to the conversation as Jan talks about Apex AI's partnership with Agco. 
Apex AI is working with Agco to add new capabilities to their autonomous saver farming robot. Could you tell us a little bit about the capabilities that will be added? Um, sure. So Agco has selected uh, our end-to-end -end operating system, which we call Apex OS, um, for their Xavier farming robot concept. Um, what that provides to, to Echo is really a, a base system, a base software onto which then Echo can develop all kinds of different applications. So the best comparison is actually, and one that I like to use is, is the one to the smartphone. So if you have an iPhone, you have iOS running on your device. If you have an Android phone, you have Android running on your device. And then uh, Apple and Google respectively provide so-called software development kits, which is iOS SDK and, and Android SDK. And this SDK uh, enables app developers, so those can be high school kids or those can be professional companies, um, to develop applications running on that platform so that they all look the same and so that all the functionality common to all applications so for instance, read, reading in sensor data from the camera, reading in data from the microphone, outputting windows onto the screen. You know, many apps need a keyboard. So you have a virtual keyboard that always looks the same. So all those common functionalities are abstracted in the software development kit. This is in a nutshell what Apex OS is providing uh, to developers of autonomous uh, systems and solutions, in this case, Echo. So Echo gets with Apex OS a robust, reliable, and also already certified base software for end-to-end -end operating system, which allows Echo to develop their autonomous applications much, much quicker, and they don't have to worry about, about the underlying software. They can entirely focus onto the application layer and bring uh, autonomous applications currently being developed on their concept robot saver, uh, bringing those to market quicker and better and more uh, with, with, with more reliable results than before. Okay. What are some of the potential applications that Agco could develop on top of the Apex OS based mm -hmm. software? I can't speak on Echo's behalf here, but some of the um, some of the examples I can give you is that we have customers uh, that have developed object detection with Apex S, so using a LiDAR or using a camera to detect where objects are, then uh, doing collision checking. So are there any objects, uh, an opt a robot, in this case, an autonomous farming robot, could potentially collide with? Then if that is the case, you would either stop the robot or plan a pass around it. And not just the application on top, what we also provide is a, a much, much more efficient and state-of-the-art framework for developers to, to develop autonomous applications. So our customers, in this case, Echo, really have the advantage that they can get to market much quicker with autonomous applications because all the underlying framework, uh, such as, again, iOS or or, or the, that's exactly what iOS and, and, and Android provide to app developers. They make it much, much easier than before to develop applications um, than without having such a robust and reliable framework. This is really the core value that is provided to Echo. 
Can you provide an example of how another customer has used Apex OS from start to finish and what mm-hmm. our involvement looks like from Apex AI side? So I cannot talk about specific customers, but I can, can absolutely talk about application areas, customer areas, and what some of these customers do. So we work with a wide range of passenger car, both OEMs and suppliers, with trucking companies, trucking technology developers, with robo uh, shuttle and robo taxi manufacturers. And some of the applications range from a fully autonomous level four stack. So level four meaning a vehicle can operate in a certain environment uh, completely without a driver. Uh, We also have customers that develop driver assistance technologies, so level one, level two. Uh, On top of Apex OS, um, we uh, have a company that develops um, a passenger monitoring and passenger interaction system. Uh, On top of Apex OS, we have customers evaluate um, and use Apex OS for lane keeping, for instance which is also an application that is very close to farming applications where you uh, want the the farming robot to do autonomous uh, steering on the field so that the farmer can work or or the the operator of the device can work on other things and then focus on, for instance, turning around the vehicle or or maintaining, maintaining operations overall. So again, at overall, all those applications essentially make uh, make the make the task whatever the task is either more efficient or more reliable or or um, safer or the combination of all these three things. It seems like a huge benefit to Agco to be able to have the all three of those benefits available to them right away. Mm-hmm. And how did Apex AI first get involved with Agco? <laughs> so that's actually a funny story. So one of the um, one of the engineering directors at Echo Germany, uh, he and I uh, worked together in the same room during our PhD studies a little over 20 years ago. So while I was working on autonomous vehicles, he was working on um, on control of electrical machines. And then he we, we, we did keep in touch over the years. And at some point, he moved to Echo in the U.S., and then at some point, again, transferred to Echo in Germany. And he's now leading uh, an R&D department there, actually the R&D department working on these autonomous systems. And then there was is another co-worker who actually came from the, uh, from the same R&D lab um, where we two did our PhD thesis and then also joined Echo in Germany working on autonomous systems. And then they reached out at some point um, expressing interest in Apex OS after they've heard um, of all the benefits that we provide. And uh, also an important aspect is what I've, what I've mentioned before. Almost everybody in the industry, not just limited to autonomous uh, farming applications, but also to autonomous vehicle applications overall, is usually using ROS uh, for prototype development already. So, and we then simply provide an easy and seamless and fast transition from a ROS, which is open source, um, from a ROS-based application to a safe and certified Apex OS application. Then uh, also after, after, you know, we worked together for a while, Echo 
actually reached out and asked if there's an investment opportunity. And so Echo then um, joined uh, the Series B investment round, which we closed and then announced um, last December. How has that strategic investment benefited Apex AI? So um, it benefits us in the sense that by not just working with a customer, uh, also having, in this case, a customer invest in us really is, is a strong sign of the value that we provide as a company and um, and the future that, in this case, uh, the customer echo sees in us. So it, it really provides us with validation and having, in this case, an agricultural customer invest in Apex AI also provides us with industry validation that our the applicability of our technology really goes just beyond cars. So we had Echo invest from the farming space. We, for instance, also had Airbus uh, invest as an aerospace company, uh, and we uh, Daimler Truck as a, as a trucking company, and Toyota invested before as a passenger vehicle company, and we've had a number of suppliers such as Continental, uh, ZF, and Hella also invest. Uh, and uh, many of these suppliers also provide uh, components and systems for commercial uh, vehicles such as such as farming equipment. What would you say differentiates the Apex OS base software for farm applications from other autonomous software for farm? Mm-hmm. First and foremost, um, we are the only product on the market that is based on and compatible to ROS, which again, it's a system that most companies already use for prototyping. And since we are based on and compatible with uh, ROS, we provide a, a very easy and seamless transition from, uh, from prototype software in ROS to commercial production software using APEXS. That's, uh, that's differentiator number one. And then differentiator number two is that we are also the only company on the market that provides to date certified, fully certified software to the highest level of uh, automotive functional safety, which is ACD. Okay. And then what do you see as the future of autonomous farm equipment? So <laughs> to share, I'm, I'm really an uh, autonomous system and robotics and software expert. And the specific farming application is not my strong suit. Um, but what I would imagine is that there are so many um, just dirty and boring tasks in farming. So driving a tractor on a field for 10, 12 hours a day is, is just not a fun task. And once things are not fun and boring at the same time, um, people get distracted. You also see that in driving, once you drive long distances, people take up their smartphone, even though they, they shouldn't. And that is then when either reliability issues start to occur, so people get distracted, or also safety issues start to occur. Plus, you enable, in this case, the operator, the farmer, to be to maybe more efficient. So, for instance, the farmer can already do paperwork or be otherwise productive managing logistics uh, while being just driven back and forth on the field. And then for instance, um, once the tractor leaves the field, the farmer could take over again and then focus then on, on driving the tractor back to the farm. So that would be an example of a low hanging fruit where automation of just driving on the field is easy and can be achieved maybe, maybe in a shorter time, whereas then driving on a public road 
because then you also need public road uh, driving approval. It's, it's harder to achieve, so what you would launch it as a product later on. So in the meantime, there are certain tasks that the farmer still needs to fulfill, which is driving back on the road. But then for 95% of the time where the tractor is driving on the field, that could uh, most likely be automated much sooner and easier launched to market. Thanks to Jan Becker for today's conversation. If you'd like to listen to the episode featuring my interview with Agco Seth Crawford that I mentioned at the top of this episode, visit precisionfarmingdealer.com slash podcasts or check out our episode library wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to let me know what you thought about this episode by leaving a comment on the web story for this podcast or on Precision Farming Dealers Facebook or Twitter. From all of us here at Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Michaela Faulkner. Thanks for listening.